This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with an environmental and pet nutrition enthusiast who's going to teach us all about alternative, eco-friendly, sustainable proteins. I'll tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, a rescue advocate. She's a researcher, an entrepreneur, an environmental and pet nutrition enthusiast. She's an adventure seeker, a coffee lover, a self-proclaimed crazy dog lady. She's a pizza snob from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania who currently lives in DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. with her boyfriend, David, and their rat terrier mix, Addie. She is the marketing manager for Chippin, a dog food and treat company that reduces their eco-paw print and provides dogs with quality and nutritious protein. Her name is Kathleen Wojcicki, and I am so excited to see her again because I met her at Super Zoo. We bonded over our love of dog. Welcome, Kathleen. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here and get to share a little bit more with your incredible audience about, you know, pet nutrition and how we can reduce our ego paw print and just reconnect as dog lovers and animal lovers. I love it so much. I love that term eco paw print. I have used it for our first game. But before we go there, I want to introduce our drinking game for our audience today. So anybody participating in our drinking game at home, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is chip make sure you take a drink of whatever you're enjoying but please be over 21 to partake never drink and drive and always drink responsibly so what are you having at the office today kathleen i am drinking some coffee to you know <laughs> keep the momentum going as a startup lots to be done so <laughs> stay caffeinated i love that you're in my old stomping grounds arlington virginia i am not sure how your company headquartered there is your founder from the area yeah so our founder Haley russell is actually from tacoma park maryland area and then yes. was living in tacoma park when she actually started a cricket farm in her backyard and so we <laughs> really that's kind of 
part of our founding story, and then moved to Virginia to, you know, set up Chip and HQ and really happy to be in this community. People have been incredibly supportive of us and the DC, you know, Maryland, Virginia area is really a great place to launch a business. It is. And it's a great place to call home. I miss it so much. And speaking of all of these ideas and where they came from, I actually want to play a game with you. And I called it Eco Pop Print after your terminology. And basically, I'm just going to ask you about how having pets impacts the world around us so that it's, you know, people recognize that, sure, I mean, we all have an Eco Pop Print, but how bad is it exactly? So are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right. This is a true and false game. Some of them you may not know exactly, but I just want to kind of teach in this game, like some numbers that maybe you don't know exactly, but we'll all learn together. So the first one is, according to a UCLA researcher, feeding pets creates the equivalent of 64 million tons of carbon dioxide a year. True. It is true. That is a lot of carbon dioxide. So much so, in fact, that 64 million tons of carbon dioxide has about the same climate impact as a year's worth of driving from 13.6 million cars. It makes a huge, huge impact on the environment. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that is so true. That is a lot of cars. That is a lot of carbon dioxide. Let's talk specifically about our pets now. American cats and dogs are responsible for 25 to 30% of the environmental impact of meat consumption in the United States. True or false? I'm going with true on that one. It is true. So does that mean that basically all of the consumption that we do in the United States, 25 to 30% of that just goes to our pets, our our cats and dogs? Yeah, absolutely. So our pets are consuming a lot of meat. Um, I hadn't, I didn't know that number quite specifically, so I'm taking you on it. But our pets are consuming huge amounts of meat. um, And I don't want to spoil a potential true or false that might be upcoming, but I just read some facts about pets' meat consumption across the globe that I'm excited to share with you all. uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. So are we the worst across the globe when it comes to meat consumption? Yes, absolutely. So America, uh, the United States in particular, we are the largest meat consumers in the entire world. Next is China, Russia, and Brazil. And the fifth largest consumer of meat in the world is USA Pets. So in the United States, humans are consuming the number one consumers of meat and USA pets are the fifth largest consumer. So with Americans and our pets combined, we're consuming a huge amount of beef and chicken and lamb proteins that are incredibly resource intensive. You know, animal ag is the number one cause of deforestation across the globe. Right. right now, I mean, Brazil, the Amazon rainforest is being cut down in order for us to raise livestock. Like I said, it is the number one cause of deforestation. And so by just reducing your meat consumption, whether that's you or your pet, you're making a huge impact for the environment. Absolutely. I'm going to have to take a drink because, oh my goodness, I'm getting stressed yeah. out just thinking It's about really this. wild. And I, you know, I think for me, I knew about the impact of meat. I had been a vegetarian for five years when I started working for Chippen. But it wasn't until I got really deep involved in the pet industry that I really understood the impact um, that our pets do have on the environment and on climate. Exactly. They're not just cute. They're resource intensive. All right, next one. (laughs) 
Speaking of vegetarianism, so compared to a plant-based diet, meat requires more energy, land, and water to produce and has greater environmental consequences in terms of erosion, pesticides, and waste. True or false? True. It's true. It's not just all of the resources. It's all of the byproducts we're putting into the earth as well. Okay, specifically, 2,000 gallons of water are needed to produce one pound of beef. True or false? True. That seems so crazy. Yeah. And especially when you think about, you know, not everyone across the globe and in America in particular is affected by water shortages and droughts. But especially if you're living in an area like California, which is seeing dramatic reduction in the ground water levels um, and just ag is taking up such a huge bulk of water for the citizens who live in California and across the U.S. and suffering. And if we can really reduce our water consumption in these small, really actually easy ways, we're making a huge difference. And like I said, I think a lot of folks, you know, as someone, I'm from Pennsylvania and I live in D.C., we don't tend to have water shortages. So maybe the, the idea there is a little more far removed. But it's a really pressing matter for folks across the globe. Absolutely. And in Texas, actually, we're huge consumers of beef. You know, cowboys and ranches are all over the place, especially yes. here in El Paso. But we are actually, we're, we're in a drought. We've been in a drought for a long time. And even when we get rain, it's not enough to make a dent in any of it. Okay, so so in order to save the world, we should feed our cats and dogs vegan diets. True or false? I would say that is false. You don't need to be vegan in order to do something that's better for the environment. And we're not advocating that dogs become vegan. If that's your choice as a pet parent or it makes sense for your dog's diet, 100% you should go for it. Just like people and animals, everyone's body is unique and you should do what makes the most sense for you. But there are, you know, non-vegan ways of getting really high quality, nutritious protein that isn't coming at the expense of the environment. Right, right, right. And yeah, that sounds like, to me, that's like the biggest overcorrection ever, right? Like, let's not give them a ton of meats that are causing a huge, like, drain on our environment. But also, let's not overcorrect by not giving them, like, you know, species-appropriate foods. Like, let's make sure that we're kind of balancing the solutions here. Meats such as beef and chicken are required by dogs in order to be healthy because they need those specific amino acids. True or false? That's false. It is false. And people still think that we have to, have to, have to feed our dogs, specifically beef and chicken. That is not necessarily the truth. And a lot of dogs now have chicken allergies. So in many cases, you don't want to be feeding them these proteins, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. So beef and chicken, in addition to lamb, dairy, and eggs, are the top allergens for our pets. So if dogs are suffering from like itchy ears or really inflamed ears, itchy, dry skin, you know, runny stools, that is typically a protein allergy. And so pet parents have been actually driven like mad trying to figure out what's, it's just such a struggle for so many pet parents. And what I love the most about working for Chippen are the thousands of comments, emails, even text messages and like Amazon comments everywhere saying, this is the only treat I can give my dog because I couldn't find anything that worked for their diet because they're allergic to chicken or they're allergic to beef. And we have only limited ingredients 
that are allergy friendly and reducing, you know, that inflammation. And I can talk all about the microbiome and how healthy our proteins are for nourishing that microbiome. But when you're dealing with the allergies and depleting the microbiome, it's just really tough on pets and the problem can just compound. Absolutely. And actually speaking of ingredients and proteins, using fish and pet food has its own like very serious environmental implications. Is that true or false? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Am I right? <laughs> yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. A lot of people don't recognize that overfishing is a, an issue. And like the, again, secondary effects of fishing our oceans to the point where we are, all of the pollution that ends up in the oceans, etc. Tell us what's your, with your experience working with Chippin and all of your alternative proteins, what do you think is like the worst thing we're doing right now when it comes to fishing? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a, a lot of problems with the fishing industry. And I feel like sometimes the industry has pushed folks to become pescatarian because they feel it's better for the environment. Um, and there can be environmental benefits to choosing fish over meat and never judging anyone's decision for their own lifestyle choices. However, overfishing our oceans is dramatically contributing to climate change and essentially eliminating species and destroying the food chain that exists in our oceans. And it's not only um, depleting, you know, by fishing salmon, right? You're kind of going out with these giant nets for hours and dragging these nets along and you're only able to, you know, maybe you have a permit to catch one certain type of fish. So when you empty your nets, you have all this bycatch and you're just throwing it back into the waterways. So not only have you already killed this, this animal and you're just throwing it back in the water, but you're continuing to deplete these resources. And ocean fishing is one of the top contributors to ocean plastics. And so we've all seen the videos of, you know, fish, dolphins, turtles getting caught up in nets and fishing is, is a big contributor to that and something that we can easily, you know, rethink the way that we're, we're consuming our proteins. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you are obviously very passionate about this. You started working with Chippin about a year ago. How did this all happen? How did you end up in the pet industry on this side of things? My dog Chip and I moved to DC together in, I guess it was 2016. And Chip was my very best friend. We did everything together, moved to DC. I didn't know anyone. But when I got him, as much as he meant to me, I actually didn't want him because he was a pit bull. And I was afraid. I had listened to a lot of the propaganda and was unsure. Day two, he's my best friend. We moved to DC together. He actually changed my life. And so in this combination of Chip passing away and being really excited to get deeper into the environmental space, I actually met the founder of Chippin volunteering at the Humane Rescue Alliance. And it was serendipitous for me. Right. So his name right. was Chip. We're Chippin. <laughs> I wanted to get more involved in the dog space. I wanted to get connected more to the environmental space and felt like I was ready for a change. And I am just so thankful the way that dogs can bring people together, the way that, you know, they can heal our hearts and, you know, volunteering at the shelter after I lost my dog, like absolutely pitbulls are now my favorite dog in the world. <laughs> I go out of my way. I will cross streets like, excuse me, can I please pet your dog? <laughs> um, 
pretty pity is some, a phrase that I say very regularly. And so for me, Chippen is just the perfect marriage of everything that I really care about. And then I also, I got Chip tattooed on me during the pandemic, actually, I think it was like 2021. And I'm really proud to carry him with me all the time. All the time. He changed my life. I know. And that's actually how we bonded because I was about to get this tattoo here that I finally got. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Excellent. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Yeah, it was so funny that you and I were both like, we're passionate about the environment. We're passionate about alternative proteins because I've actually been on a journey from vegetarianism, veganism. I did pescatarian for a while. Now I'm kind of omnivorous and I want to go back to being more responsible about my personal consumption because I know how serious it is. As much as we enjoy a meal, is it really worth the baggage that comes with it? So you and I totally bonded over that. But you also are really passionate about your brand, Chippin. What is it that you're most passionate about? Is it the alternative proteins? Is it the, I guess, the fact that you guys met over animal rescue what what makes you so happy to be at Chippen? I love Chippen so much because I have the opportunity to actually change an industry and so we know that the pet nutrition industry is essentially owned by three or four very large conglomerates mm-hmm. and at the end of the day they're looking for their profit margins and that can come at the expense of our pets And as a pet owner and Chip, my dog, having passed away from kidney disease, Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time finding foods that worked for him. And I wanted to get involved in a company. Number one, I'm a passionate feminist as well. We are woman-owned, and that is huge for me. So working for a woman-owned company that's creating an industry for alternative proteins that's better for our dogs and it's better for our planet, I don't think there's possibly anything better that I could get involved and dedicate really my life to. I want to talk to you about crickets specifically, because that's one of the proteins that you use. But you guys also use invasive fish species for some of your stuff. Can you tell us quickly about invasive fish and why we want to pull them out of the oceans? A hundred percent. Really excited. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. And so at Shipping, we're using an invasive fish called uh, silver carp, sometimes known as Asian carp, and recently renamed to silver copy. So silver copy came to the United States in the 70s in an effort to reduce algae at the top of water waste treatment systems. And so it was really because they are a fish that multiplies very quickly. And give it a Google, there are these massive fish that fly out of the waterways when startled. And so it didn't take long for them to escape into our waterways and primarily got into the Mississippi River and headed north. They have absolutely taken over. So we're actually fishing out of the Midwest, primarily the lakes and rivers there. And so we're not fishing out of the ocean. So there's no bycatch problem. And where we fish, silver copy is actually taking up 90% of the biomass. So this is a non-native fish that does not belong in the United States. And essentially, because they're unlike most carp, most carp are bottom feeding fish. Silver carp is a top feeding vegetarian fish that primarily eats plant life and algae. So this, it makes it a very clean fish. It's not collecting like the muck 
from the bottom. And so it's a really clean, healthy fish to eat. And by creating a larger industry for it, we're really proud to actually be helping to restore biodiversity. And as they head up north to the Great Lakes, they're absolutely wrecking the fishing economy and biodiversity. And so one big problem boaters have is that they have a hard time fishing there, not only because they're so abundant, but because they literally get hit in the head with these fish as they go through <laughs> the waterways. And so just by not only chipping, but by creating a larger industry for it, which is something that we're really passionate about, because as an individual small company, there's only so much we can do. And we're right. really excited to continue to partner with folks to get them excited about this incredibly nutritious form of protein. It's got more omegas than even salmon does. It's a complete source of protein for pups and great for skin and coat. There's so many benefits and we do work with a vet to develop all of our products and ensure that every product has the right amount of nutrition for pups. So it's, you know, healthy, it's sustainable and not only sustainable in reducing resources that are used, we're actually taking something out that that's got to go. And then the other thing I'll share about this is that in you know Kentucky, for example, they actually have contests to fish for this, and people can earn like whoever fishes the most silver copy wins ten thousand dollars. And so there's really a drive to pull this out of the waterways, and by creating an industry for it, not just for pets. There actually was recently a choose copy campaign that we worked with the Department of Natural Resources in Illinois to just create broader awareness for human consumption as well, and had the opportunity to partner with the Tabard Inn here in DC to do a launch party. I Um, love the Tabard Inn. Oh my gosh. If you, (laughs) everyone's got a Tabard Inn story here in DC. Yes. So many folks who just like from across the US have ever visited know it's like the most wonderful place. We worked with their head chef Cliff to come up with a Kobe menu. So it was silver Kobe dim sum. It was uh, Kobe lumpia, Kobe cakes, and we had like a few other dishes and it was delicious. And I actually don't eat fish and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I had been nervous leading up to this event about eating fish and I loved it. So if I can eat it, then that's a huge testament to how tasty it is. What kind of fish would you compare it to? Like for us that do eat fish, like what would you compare it to? Yeah, probably like a white fish, maybe like a cod, something like that. But it is, I think it's more nutritious than most white fish from what I understand. That is amazing. So I want to take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you about how crickets taste. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with Kathleen and we're going to talk about sustainable proteins. Don't go anywhere. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy, 
and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. Today I'm speaking to Kathleen Voigtovich, whose name I'm trying not to butcher, really trying hard while I'm drinking my dark and stormy. I am so fascinated by this young woman who has taken on this role as marketing manager for Chippin, which is not just about sustainable proteins, treats, creative stuff. It's about really changing an industry and improving pet lives in the process. So one of the things that they do is they use cricket protein, cricket flour, I'm assuming. Yep in their treats and do you currently have dog food that includes it or are you working on that so thank you for asking so and i love this introduction because we like to say we're chipping in for pets in the planet so we're using cricket protein for our dog treats and our dog food which is currently in development and should be launched soon which we are so excited about and cricket is actually really tasty. And most people in the, you know, in Western cultures, particularly, are a little wary of bug protein. And they're like, oh, that's gross. Like what? But billions of people eat bugs all over the world. And it's an incredibly nutritious and tasty form of protein. So we're using cricket because and you had brought this up earlier, which was really interesting about omegas and essential amino acids, you know, without feeding your dog chicken and beef, are they able to get the proper nutrition that they need? And the answer is yes, 100%. So cricket is a complete form of protein with all the essential amino acids that dogs need. And it's actually a prebiotic fiber. So essentially, the exoskeleton of crickets is going to provide really healthy nutrition for your dog's gut which helps to improve the microbiome. And so when you're working to improve the microbiome, you're able to reduce inflammation, reduce allergic responses, and just improve the overall immunity and health of your pet. And so this is not only just as good for pets, in my opinion, it's better for pets. Because our beef and chicken that we're feeding our pets today, some of it is like fresh, maybe healthy uh, forms of meat, <laughs> but a lot of it is the leftover parts, grade E, potentially meats that are also being pumped with antibiotics. Our crickets are never going to, you know, have antibiotics introduced into their diet. They are fed a primarily a vegetarian diet filled with fruits and veggies, foods that you and I would eat. And it's really healthy for, for dogs. And so it makes a big difference. I actually brought a few samples that you gave me and my dogs loved them. There was no moment where they were like, what's that? Mm, I don't think so. It was immediate. Yes, thank you so much. And the dogs loved it. And I like the fact that it's new, but it's not like that out of this world. Because like you said, there's a lot of cultures that eat insects. And I actually, I kind of want to play a game with you about that cricket controversy. So that's our second game today. I'm going to ask you a few like trivia questions about cricket and cricket nutrition. And I want you to just tell me if it's true or false. Okay, Ready to play? Let's do it. Yeah. 
Crickets are on restaurant menus around the world from the UK to Belgium to Thailand. True or false? True. Absolutely true. Here in true. DC too. You can get them here in DC. A hundred grams of cricket protein has more iron than a hundred grams of spinach. True or false? True. It's true. 8.7 in the cricket protein and 2.6 in the spinach. Absolutely. That's a big difference. It really okay. is. Entomology is the study of insects while entomophagy is the practice of eating insects. True or false? Ooh, I'm going to go true. It is. There is a name for eating insects, guys. Uh, it's entomophagy. Entomophagy. That's a new one for me. <laughs> In Mexico, a dish made of crickets is called chapulines. True or false? It's not. That's actually grasshoppers, but oh, like it's insects. I didn't know. All right, next one. Um, pulverized freeze-dried crickets are used in processed food products such as pasta, bread, cookies, chips, and protein powders for smoothies. True or false? So this is something that right now in the U.S. people can get cricket pasta. True or false? True. Yeah, it yeah. is true. You can. Yeah. You can actually get that right now. I've had chips made of crickets before. It's been ages, but my husband was on like a kick of these alternative proteins for That's a while. Cool. And what do you think? Do you like the flavor of crickets? Yeah, um, I, I do actually. So it is kind of nutty um, and it's a really easy way to get some high quality protein. So putting in a smoothie is like pretty common. Okay, so tell me, the biggest thing about it is crickets from my research in preparation for our, our chat. Crickets have like, let's say a six week life cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these people or these places that are raising crickets for food are really letting them live quite a nice life up until they are harvested basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that kind of production process so that people who think it's just like so cruel to these poor crickets might think otherwise? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So especially when you're comparing it to traditional sources of protein like beef or chicken, um, harvesting crickets is incredibly humane. So essentially crickets live through their natural life cycle. We like to call them cricket condos. Mm -hmm. So crickets like to live kind of in little groups and it's almost like egg cartons and they like kind of nest in there. They live through their natural life cycle, eating a healthy, you know, vegetarian diet. And essentially after they've lived through their natural life cycle, you lower the temperature in their setting. They end up hibernating. So they fall asleep and then we freeze them. So they're actually asleep when they're frozen. So they don't feel any pain. And so once they're frozen, we essentially just roast them and grind them up into a flour. Where do you all source your crickets from? Do you have like a factory you work with? Yeah, so we're not, yeah, we're not using the cricket farm that Haley started in her backyard in Tacoma Park anymore. We actually have partnered with a cricket farmer partner in North America. It's a small family owned farm so that we can bring pets our cricket protein. And I actually recently shared some uh, human grade cricket protein with my neighbor. He's been putting in his smoothies, his dogs eat treats, and he was really interested. So we shared it with him and he's like, can I buy this from you? <laughs> so I don't know. I might become a cricket distributor. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So this is an interesting thing too. You mentioned antibiotics and how we inevitably are putting tons of antibiotics, hormones and stuff into chicken and beef and pork. But because crickets don't really have any viruses for the most part that are zoonotic, that can be transferred to us, we don't need to go 
through all that, right? And a big part of it for regular animal ag is that they're living in such close quarters. And so that's causing a lot of problems. And the reason why something like 90% of antibiotic use is for animal agriculture. Yes, exactly. It's wild. Right. So I love the humane aspect of it. I feel like it's a cleaner product. Is there a difference between like the product you use and a human grade product? No, there's not. So we use 100% human grade proteins throughout our entire supply chain. Anything that your dog is eating, I would eat myself. Okay, awesome. And so as with everything, there's always somebody trying to take advantage of people who don't know any better. When let's say somebody decides after watching this that they want to go find some kind of cricket protein, whether it's for themselves or for their pets, what are they looking for? Are there any kind of requirements that you would want them to kind of look out for? I would just say looking for human grade protein. You know, you can find it online. There are some really great suppliers of cricket protein out there. And you want to make sure, you know, that you're kind of knowing where the source comes from. So, you know, we know that our crickets are being fed a healthy, clean diet, that they don't have any antibiotics, and also really happy to be sourcing them from here in North America. So they're not being shipped. Um, And that also just lowers your emissions, right? And so we're getting products sent from, you know, all over the world that you're just raising your emissions so exactly this way we're able to further reduce and we try to keep our supply chain as close as possible that's perfect okay so tell us where can our audience find out more about chipping specifically all of the stuff that you guys have going on where can we buy your products yeah absolutely so chippenpet.com We love that D to C consumer. So you can go directly to our (laughs) website and buy us there. But we also have about 150 fantastic retailers who support us, our mission, and have been really just wonderful to work with. We are in about 17 Ace Hardware stores, which I've been really excited to build up here in DC. There's actually a woman-owned collective of Ace Hardware stores that supports us. And everything from mom and pop stores to natural organic grocers and we are available on amazon as well so if you're doing your purchasing on amazon and that's the easiest way for you to buy you know you can get us on there as well when should we look out for the new and improved dog food yes so we're launching two new dog foods we are launching our cricket it's going to be a dehydrated format so you'll essentially just rehydrate that that's going to be launched end of october And really excited. We're right now we're doing final testing. We're just designed. Honestly, it's down to the label for the packaging. And that's (laughs) going to be coming out soon. And then we're also working on our silver Kobe recipe. And so that should be coming out soon. You know, for transparency too. So we had a silver Kobe dog food gibble that was awesome. My dog ate it for about two years loved it. And we hit a manufacturing snag, unfortunately. And so we discontinued our food, which is really devastating for us. And silver coke is a particularly wet fish. And so it was hard for our manufacturer to work with it. So we've reformatted and we're gently dehydrating silver kopi to launch that recipe. And really proud to say that our cricket dehydrated food and our silver kopi food will be 100% human grade as we'll be manufacturing in a human grade facility. Wow. Oh my gosh. You guys are doing such good work. So you you all can look out. Yeah. Look out for the silver Kobe later this year and the cricket coming first. Awesome. And you guys currently have like a food topper. 
Tell yes. me about that. So I'm obsessed with our food topper. My dog gets it every morning. It's four simple ingredients. It's cricket, sweet potato, pumpkin, and apple cider vinegar. And I really notice a difference in her poops um, when I feed it to her versus <laughs> when I don't. And I'm a city parent, <laughs> a parent, if you will. And so you're intimately familiar with your dog's poop when you live in the city. Right. And right. so I know when something's going on and, you know, adding this to her diet has made a a big change and you just like sprinkle like one pouch of our food will give dogs depending on the size between 40 and 80 meals so wow yeah so it's just like a little bit really goes a long way that is amazing well i just want to propose a toast to you for being my guest and sharing all this fun information with me i'm so excited i need to go buy some of that food topper because it's like a little boost of protein right as um, well as some superfoods Great for skin and coat, good for joint health, even like I said, with the omegas, omegas are great for so many things for brain health, immunity, joint health, skin and coat, I could go on. (laughs) So that's a great addition. And then one more thing I want to flag another product we have we use spirulina, it is a blue green algae. And it's great. Um, It has been our customers and I have experienced that dogs who tend to eat grass, once spirulina is introduced into their diet, they stop eating grass. So that's actually one of my other favorite products that we have. Oh my gosh, you're such a gem. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us, giving us all these resources to help our pets feel their best. Just a note, I want to make sure that you guys all know that these products are all dog specific. It doesn't mean that they're going to hurt your cat, but they aren't formulated with cats in mind. So just keep that in mind when you start ordering. So here's to you and here's to your founder, my fellow Marylander. I went to Maryland, so I've always have a piece of my heart in Maryland. So cheers to you all. Give my love to everybody over there in Arlington, Virginia. Here is also to my executive producer, Mark Winter. Here's to you, Mark, and to our audience for joining us for these awesome conversations. Here's to a life covered in pet hair, because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Cheers. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.